You are Locked On Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome back to the Locked On Nets podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team, the Brooklyn Nets, every single day. I'm Adam Armbrecht. He's Doug Norrie. We thank you for making us your first listen free on all those great platforms. The Brooklyn Nets played basketball. Maybe we'll get to it because at the end of the day, it was an absolutely epic trade deadline for a lot of other teams. Maybe. Don't really care. It was about the Brooklyn Nets and ultimately making the move, Doug Norrie, to send James Harden over to Philadelphia in return for Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, and some other pieces as well. Man, what a day. What a day. I can't believe it. I, I can believe it because I start. we started to believe it sort of midway through the morning, probably late into the evening, really ramped up uh, Thursday morning when it starts to really get legs. And whatever you wanted to believe, we talked about it um, on the last podcast, you know, kind of where we were in our own belief zones around it. It really started feeling real on Thursday morning with more news coming out. And in the end... James Harden is off to Philadelphia, the place that he apparently wanted to go, and along with uh, Paul Millsap, and coming back, Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, a couple picks, and an, a, a whole new outlook and future for the Brooklyn Nets that's completely different than what it was 24 hours ago. It's like it's a it's a league altering and team altering trade that frankly will be discussed and compared for a long time just in like sort of the mechanics of what happened here and the players involved and the situations that were involved for all of them. It will be a trade that will be talked about for a long, long time, sort of like no matter what happens because there's now so many ways it can go. I can't February 10th, man. I cannot believe we're here with James Harden off the Brooklyn Nets, but it's been trending that way and here we are. I'm going to go ahead and reference uh, one Bobby Marks, obviously a former integral member of the NBA inside a crew, and now talking from the outside on the Low Post podcast. He said it felt like a little bit of a fever dream. Woke up and said, wait, <laughs> James Harden, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, were they ever on a team together? Because in the blink of an eye, I think it was 13 months, James Harden is no longer a Brooklyn Net. It it's your point. It completely changes maybe for Philadelphia, their short-term outlook or goals. And I think the interesting thing is we'll get into what we feel about Ben Simmons and what's possible for Brooklyn in the short and long term. It's, it's weird to now have to, just before the All-Star break, completely reassess the way you perceived this team, what's possible for them, and whether or not we can still set the same high expectations that we've had going back to you know two seasons ago when Kyrie Irving, when Kevin Durant, then when James Harden, when all these things came together. It's it's weird, man. And to your point, it's not something that typically happens around the NBA. So the, the failures or successes, specifically for Brooklyn, how this plays out over the next couple of years is going to be a referendum on everything that went on over the past, what will be you know four or five years looking back. If you take it, like, if you look back at what happened here, it's really just kind of like the most insane year plus that this of James Harden moving to be a net. And just to like recap it real quickly here, he comes in the Rockets. It's a no brainer of a trade that you send Levert Allen and pieces off every single time you do it. And then they go through just these stops and starts for the next year. With around the whole entire team, whether it's him hurt, whether it's Durant hurt, whether it's Kyrie hurt slash sitting out slash not playing, whatever, right? You know, they go through this entire thing 
They never can stay on the court together at the same time, which feel that just feels like the worst luck of all time. And then you still kind of barely miss uh, making a really long playoff run based on a little mm-hmm. bit of injury. They go into the season as the odds on favor to win the title. It's kind of not close. It's them and the Lakers. And then by, you know, just a little bit in, it's really just kind of them because of, because of the promise of this team, the promise yep. of Kevin's and, and that's all it's ever been. It's, We've only seen it so briefly, and we'll never see it again, that the the promise of Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving was so – the mountaintop was so high, or like the ceiling, the ceiling was so high as to like you could really dream on this thing that you only really saw briefly, and kind of just like that, it all goes off the tracks, and it's and – it's, it's like it's a real – it's a real testament – to how quickly things in sports can change and how you should never probably hang on too tight because it just doesn't take much. And this this trade, this is what I mean by historic. Like this trade is going to be a referendum on like sort of like players' careers are now completely tied to this story. Like Harden's yeah. Harden's arc is tied to the story. Ben Simmons' arc is now tied to the story. What happens with Durant in the future is tied to it. What happens with Kyrie is tied to it. It's crazy, man. Like it's, Embiid, it's really something matter, right? Embiid, Embiid, that's right. Embiid too. Like you have these, this dovetailing of players in and out and it's just, it's really nuts. I, I just 80 games with the Nets total for James Harden. You know, he's, it feels like he's at the doorstep of signing an extension over the summer. It doesn't happen. And then poof like that, he's on a different team. And it's just, I can't believe, you know, I just, yeah, I said, I, I've said, I can't believe it 10 times. And I still, even after digesting it most of the day, I'm still kind of like, man, this is nuts that James Harden is no longer on the Nets. It's like uh, Kurt Russell, Captain Ron, and just like that, as fast as he came into our lives, he was gone. <laughs> it's like it's, you don't even you don't even get a chance to really. And it, you know what's funny too is we, we we talked about this in the last couple of episodes leading up to the trade deadline. Uh, you know the perception around James Harden. We can talk about whether it's a good look or a bad look, and forcing his way out, and maybe how Kevin Durant felt about that, how Kyrie Irving felt about that, whether or not Kyrie Irving should be able to feel anything about anything about that. But you get to this place now where James Harden. You mentioned the legacy piece. It, it seems most pivotal for him because what happens next? What happens next in this? You know, the next year and a half will include next season for Philadelphia. That's the referendum on on James Harden, I think. And you've now created this track record of saying sometimes justifiably, sometimes not, from OKC to Houston and then to Brooklyn and now ultimately on to Philly. You have created a narrative that when it doesn't feel like it's worth it, when the investment doesn't feel worth it, you wonder if you could just go somewhere else and see if it could happen. And I, I wonder who's going to come out on the other side of this feeling like they made the right choice in the moment because Ben Simmons obviously comes with his baggage too. I, I wonder who's going to look back and go, man, it was totally worth it to make that choice. We, we made the right decision. Obviously, championships can dictate that, but we're going to watch these narratives play out here. They're within three games of one another in the standings as well, which is that huge piece of these guys are on the same track to try to compete for something in the postseason. God, I don't want to, get, I don't want to jump ahead of myself here, but... I hope Brooklyn writes the ship so that we get to see some type of hilarious Sixers-Nets matchup where Ben Simmons is D'ing up James Harden just wearing the exact opposite uniforms you thought they would be. Yeah, that's really the thing, right? Like, even just the vision, the you know, the visuals around this now, right? This will be Harden's third team in three years. Excuse me, third team in two years, <laughs> in two seasons, because he's now asked out, of, <laughs> he's asked out of two situations, um, and... 
I, I, you know, it is what it is. These guys, you know, want to forge their own path and I, I totally get it. And he had his reasons and that's what happens, right? Like we could, we were starting to see the writing on the wall for the better part of a week now. Um, it's still kind of fluctuated between will they, won't they? And, and, you know, and he just kept his foot on the gas and everyone kind of kept their foot on the gas about what the Nets wanted, which we'll talk about what they got in return. Obviously we'll talk about what the fit is here in a second with the new pieces coming in. We'll talk about, you know, where Sean Marks landed in this and uh, kind of like holding his line where Daryl Morey was withholding his line because it feels probably like both sides in the end got all the things that they wanted. I think, when given a situation that I don't think the Nets wanted to begin with. Like, I don't right. think the Nets, when they sat down to start the season, this, you would have laughed someone out of the room if you had heard this was happening back in October. You Frankly, you would have laughed someone out of the room a month ago about this. And, um, it like, that's what I mean about it just doesn't take much. And so, you, but then you just get, this is why, like I said, sports can just change on you so quickly. When the players can start dictating their own future and when they can start demanding um, movement, you are sometimes just at the whim of what they want. Like that's the nature of the game at this point. Players, especially players of hard caliber, can and will dictate the terms of their employment. And yep. they've, you know, you want to say they've earned the right. You want to say they're overreaching. It's, it's a, probably a gray area, right? Like I, we were in a weird, muddied ground when it comes to, you know, where players are in terms of empowerment and where you know teams have to sort of hold the line. And this is another one of these situations that we'll always, I think, we'll look back on in terms of players and teams holding the line, kind of to some degree, <laughs> and having a, a, stand, a standoff of sorts. And just like I said, historically. This is an all-time trade. This really just go and I, and I say that even no, not even knowing what happens next because almost right. anything that can happen next would still make it just completely groundbreaking. Frankly, to the point where I, even in this age of player empowerment, I'm not sure we see it again, especially where these two teams are like on the championship trajectory. Not since we saw the the cash exchange for Julius Irving when the Nets sent him over to Philadelphia. Ironically enough, has there been this? I, I do want to get into uh, commentary. There's an official statement from Sean Marks and the Nets. And then on top of that, though, comments from Kevin Durant. And I started to actually crystallize, I think, the, the process that this went through and running it through the Kevin Durant filter and why it was epically hard, I think, to accomplish retaining James Harden and trying to play out the rest of the season in pursuit of a title. Yeah, okay, we'll get out to that next. We'll talk about just, you know, what the Nets got back to because I think that's what, where we kind of need the land around just talking about the pieces that ended up coming back that Sean Marks uh, maybe just demanded in the end because that's going to be your new look, Brooklyn Nets. We'll talk about that in a second. First, got to talk to you about our friends over at Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. Football continues its march through the playoffs. Right to the big game. Only a few days away now. BetOnline.net's the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, news this season. It's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops. That's what you like to hear. NHL on its way back. Boxing, UFC, getting in on those fight nights. They have live and real-time updates of the current games as well. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new and amazing offers BetOnline has available for this season and beyond. BetOnline. Where the game starts. Hey man, it's Super Week. Brought to you by Get Upside, and there's no better place to get the coverage of all the big game than the Locked On NFL podcast. It's Locked On Bangles, of course, as well. Locked On Rams. It's all happening out there in LA, and it's going to be going all week long. So be sure to tap into that if you're a fan of what they call football. 
Uh, I want to get to some of those comments too, but first, as you said, let's stay focused in on this trade and then all the pieces that happened here. And there was already some additional, I'll call it fallout, in terms of what the Brooklyn Nets had to do on the back end of this. So Harden and then also uh, Paul Millsap, we had heard for a long, long while now, the Nets were looking to find a partner. It turns out it was the 76ers. Coming back then is Seth Curry in obviously behind Ben Simmons, and also Andre Drummond in addition to those two picks, 2023 unprotected, 2027 top eight protected from Philadelphia. What are your thoughts specifically on the players that came back in this? Because this is really what now, and I think we'll hear it in the days to come, what were the mechanisms, what were the pieces that were being discussed here on each side, and how did they, you know, they finally settle on this? Do you think, as you said, maybe everybody kind of got their, you know, best version of what you can get given the circumstances. Do you think that Sean Marks did a good job in what he brought back along with Ben Simmons? Okay, so we we start with the basis that this was always centered around Harden and Simmons. So we knew that to start. Yeah. Then the then the negotiation becomes who has to add on more. It was always believed that Philly was going to have to add on more because Harden is just a player that was still playing for the Nets. Now Harden is just a better player. So there's I, I don't think there's any debate about that. Even a um a lesser version of Harden is a better overall NBA player than Ben Simmons. Like I don't think there's really any debate about that. So we always knew that Philly was going. If this was going to go down, Philly was going to have to send more along. That was where it seemed to be, even through back channels, if all the reporting can be believed, that this is where things were hanging up, is what is more, right? Is it like Ben Simmons plus <laughs> Matisse Thibel? Okay, well, him plus Maxi. Is it him plus a couple bench guys they want to throw in? It does, it does sound like if you heard the rumoring throughout the week that the Nets were just firm, say we have to get Curry back or not, we're not doing it. And I believe very firmly that that was probably something that they just said, don't call some level of don't call again if Curry's not in it, right? Like, right. I, like they're just, we're just not going to do it. We'll just go, we'll roll with Harden and we'll see how it goes. And I, it, you know, without hearing, without having been the proverbial or actual fly on the wall for the situation, you have to believe that's how it went because he ended up being included. So and I think. Too that, and that's the guy. It makes sense for this to be a, a a pushing point on either side because if you're getting back James Harden and you have Embiid, Seth Curry's the kind of guy you want set up yes. out there on the wing, right? So yep. he's key to both sides of this. Sure, he's a player that both can envision being part of like a championship rotation. Whether he can close in crunch time, that we're going to see about that. But um, in general, like this is what the Nets demanded to get back. This is like what they sorely need right now in terms of spacing. And they get that Drummond add on. I can take it there. They have a completely loaded slash really too many centers at this point with him because they didn't make another move. Let's save that. Let's I'm going to pump the brakes. on talking about that piece for a second right. in terms of the key pieces. And I want your thoughts here in terms of key pieces. We spoke a little bit about this before Ben Simmons fits the current Nets construction in it, but he just fits in a totally different way than James Harden. The yeah. way you, it's very easy to fit with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving because they're so versatile. They can play with the ball in their hands. Simmons does not need the ball in his hands all the time. He's an incredible defender. He's an incredible on-ball defender. He's an incredible switch defender. Um, he can really get the game out in transition. The Nets are going to be an incredibly fast team with these guys now. Like They're going to push, push, push the pace. Kyrie is going to love that. I know KD will too. The team is going to take on a very different look. He can play in the short role. I think the fit is totally there, and Curry adds a dimension of shooting 
that they are they desperately need right now with Harris uh, on the shelf. Do you agree with that assessment? Like coming in the door, is this, is, can you picture in your mind without having seen it yet? Like, can you picture in your mind the style of play the Nets are going to almost definitely start playing now? Yeah, fifteen, eight, and eight. That's what that's what uh, Ben Simmons comes in the door with, and and that's the almost the subset to the idea of he's an incredibly elite sickum on the best weapon of the opposition defender to yep. start, right? And very versatile for his size that he has and also being able to be a ball handler. The pace piece that you bring up is maybe the most important component of this because we talked about it even leading up to this point and regardless of trades, when Kyrie first started coming back now, 13th game tonight, we said there's this difference between James Harden working in transition and Kyrie Irving, who wants to go in transition, he wants to push that pace, and, and Kevin Durant to that extent as well. But having Ben Simmons out there is obviously going to be that much more effective for them. He represents a more effective tandem with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant in that in that style of play than anybody else they currently have on their roster. And I also think that the willingness to facilitate that Simmons brings on the offensive end is not something to be dismissed because now all of a sudden, with Seth Curry out there on the wing, include Pat, uh, Patty Mills obviously still being on this roster, and to whatever extent you want to look at Kessler Edwards, there's now, and, and but Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, probably important there too. All of these players are now in a position to receive far better looks from the outside than they were with anyone else that the Brooklyn Nets were going to be running out there with them because you're talking about you're talking about LaMarcus Aldridge, you're talking about Nicholas Claxton, even Blake Griffin, right? Any of these guys, it's not going to look the same. And we're not talking about like-for-like like positions of where Simmons is going to line up on the court, but this is how you can effectively use him. So uh, it's not to dismiss what you're losing in Harden, but yes, your mind very quickly wraps around how different and still incredibly effective things are going to look and the big piece to me is the balance of it I think that the Nets have now become a more balanced team you can say they're not as strong offensively that goes without saying but they've become a much better defensive team as well and the versatility piece exists on that end too because of what Ben Simmons can give you for sure yeah like this is what and this look are are we doing some talking ourselves into it a little bit but again when you when you start with the premise with Kevin Durant at the top like your ability to have different kinds of guys around is really what that gift of, ha- but I mean, besides just the gift of like a top, you know, 10 to five player ever, like um, in terms Talking of skill. Gifts. Yeah. Like <laughs> the, the thing that happens after that is that the ability to put so many different players around him that works and the fit looks different, but it's still theoretically on paper works. And I think that's what we're going to see from Simmons. Like I said, we'll see it from Curry. We know Curry is what is what you get. Like you get sharpshooting three, um, he's a minus defender and like, and you, you know, it's going to be, it'd be hard to like play him and Patty Mills like in crunch time together. Let me put like, mm-hmm. put it that way around him, but that's okay. We don't need that now, right? The Nets read the other thing with the Nets need right now is reinforcements. Like mm-hmm. they need reinforcements to walk in the door and start playing basketball. We glossed over it here. They just lost their 10th straight. Like they, they need NBA guys now who can create space, who can get the ball out in transition, who can cross match, who can defend. And like, they just need that in the door yesterday. They need that in the yeah. door 10 days, 10 days ago, 15 days ago. And this, hopefully the timeline gets really sped up on that. We know Curry can step in right away. Simmons, we don't know what the timeline is. Drummond can also step in right away. Like I said, I, that, that's a redundant piece at this point. So like where we are with the team right now is you can hear the excitement in my voice because after watching the team in its current state right now, Harden not playing, Kyrie, we don't know what his status is like for every single game, right? Like we know Durant is not playing. Like mm-hmm. they need a change now. Did you take, you know, a few less cents on the dollar to do it? Probably. 
but like he just probably just had to do it at this point. And now it's a dice roll to see how it works. I do have a couple more thoughts on Simmons. Let me, actually, let me yeah. uh, let me hit up a couple. We'll hit up a couple things here. A few more thoughts on Simmons. A few more thoughts on Harden. Maybe a quote or two from Marks and KD out the door as well. First, Cha Ching. You know that sound. I love it. That's the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. <laughs> Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources that was used to be just for those big businesses out there. They were the ones that had all the tools. You, the little guy, you couldn't really get those things started. Upstart startups, established businesses alike. They can all sell everywhere using Shopify. Synchronized online, in-person sales. Effortlessly stay informed with that sales cycle too. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibilities. Shopify can be along with you the entire time. Uh, small business. Maybe you're like in the mid cycle of your run. Maybe you're already at scale and you're looking to just keep performing and reach those new heights. Shopify has all the tools to power what you need. You can reach customers online and across social networks. They have a growing suite of channel integrations. Get Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more all integrated with your Shopify platform. More than a store, Shopify will grow with you. Go to shopify.com slash locked on MBA, all lowercase, for a free 14-day, two-week free 14-day trial to get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today, go to shopify.com slash locked on NBA right now. Shopify.com slash locked on NBA. And of course, friends, it's February. We're getting into the middle of it. And that means it's about that time of year when I've essentially given up on my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm not giving up. Not this time, friends. That's because I'm sticking with the resolution to eat right thanks to Bilt Bar. It is almost feeling like I'm getting into a candy bar kind of flavor, candy bar kind of deliciousness with none of those terrible elements of a candy bar that we call high sugar and just really empty calories. Nobody wants that. You can head over to Bilt.com right now. And by the way, you can try the Puffs. If you haven't yet, you're missing out on one of Bilt Bar's best-selling bars. Puffs are the first-ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, and they have that same kind of value of that protein bar you want. Tastes like a treat, covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite for some incredible flavors. Yummy, cinnamony churro, chocolate, coconut, marshmallow, banana cream pie. Good Lord, Doug. No, they're real flavors. You can eat them and not feel like a fool failing your New Year's resolutions. As we say, most bars contain 130 calories, just 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They're all delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. If you think that flavor might be delicious, grab it because you don't know how quickly it'll be gone. You head over to Built.com and try out all these delicious flavors for yourself. Built.com for all those delicious Built Bars. Before we get into, you keep referring to this gentleman. I'm going to let you take the floor here with any other follow-up thoughts you have around Simmons because that's the key piece or even Seth Curry. And I think that it does matter. This, this 10th loss in a row does highlight maybe the development of one Cam Thomas. He seems like he's coming along. Maybe he does get thrown into this mix of just having more guys that can score now that you've lost someone in James Harden. Um, you know, Javon Carter. <laughs> Who knows? It's so exciting. But but what are your what are your last takeaways? Because I actually think that Drummond is not necessarily just an afterthought in this trade. 
Uh, it's only an afterthought for me because um, they just have lots of guys like this now. Like they have lots of interior guys that like they have Aldridge coming back at some point. They have Drummond. They have Blake. They have, I mean, I guess Sharp, but not really. They have Claxton. The problem is, as we talked about earlier the season, just like none of these guys can play together. And so the Drummond doesn't get like they don't. There's no. I mean, maybe Blake, but not really. And so I, I this I, the only. It's not that I even dislike Drummond in in theory here. Like mm-hmm. it's it's okay. It's it's fine to get him back. Like there's certain matchups that he will be probably a plus in, but not all. It's just that it's just weird because they didn't make another move to like ship off one of these guys and they just have too many of these guys now. And I, the only reason I say it's weird is I, I'm not even taking a dig at, at Drummond so much. It's just that when you, they just, none of these guys can play together. And so right. like that, and that's all it is. And that's, that's my only, it's not a knock on Drummond. It's more a knock on roster construction at this point. Well, and so, and to that end, so the first piece I think is you bring in a guy that while you don't necessarily have everything that you want or the one player that can do multiple things, right? You at least brought in another body who's a really good rebounder, bigger guy, physical guy, right? So you feel like whether it's situational or not, you've given yourself another player that gets you 20 minutes a game or 15 or at least eligible for that on a matchup to matchup basis. I think that that's good. One of the fallout pieces from this is that Bembry was outright cut from the Brooklyn Nets. And and to your point about the roster construction piece, there's been some, you know, at least thinking and ruminating around the idea of how quickly could this trade have come to fruition? Is Sean Marks at least accountable to some extent for saying, well, if you knew something was going to happen here, you had to try to push for it as quickly as possible and have some other opportunities waiting in the wings. We heard not a lot of traction on trying to shop the $17 million Joe Harris contract. Nicholas Claxton speculated about putting him in with some of these picks that you got back from Philadelphia to acquire another piece and moving off of some of these other back-end roster players. I, I, I tend to sidestep that in, this, in the sense of the most important thing was what you did accomplish, moving yes. James Harden and getting back value in return. So I can really overlook all all of that stuff, and I can even express why DeAndre Bremby was really nice and also doesn't remotely matter to this team's long-term goals, but I think there is that part of it. This came all the way down to the wire, maybe justifiably for, for Daryl Morey saying, hey, I'm going to get you down as close as I can so you don't get to accomplish everything you might want to here, but that is probably the fallout of, take, of it taking as much time as it did to make this trade happen is you weren't able to do some of the background things, and it still leaves your attention maybe focused on the buyout market which will still result in looking at this current roster and saying, who are the guys that don't make the cut here? Javon Carter, James Johnson, somebody's going to have to go if you need to make room for them and also expect to provide Kessler Edwards with a full contract for the remainder of the season. Yeah, it does feel like there was probably a half an opportunity lost here on the back end. 90 minutes to go just about when they call that trade in. Um, it was right around 1.30, I think, that it that it came in, somewhere around there. It did feel like there was probably one more move to make here. I don't – in in Mark, look, I, who knows what happened here with all this. I will say, if anything, this was waiting on Maury to probably throw in Curry more than it was anything else. Because, like, cause like the, the Nets didn't add anything else. And so, like, if they if, – if he – I doubt it was like Mark's dragging his feet here. It was holding out till Maury like actually blinked on, on on a guy like Curry. So you know what I mean. And I think that's the, the point of if it took that long to get the right version of this deal for you, Sean Marks, for the Brooklyn Nets, and it cost you quote unquote some yeah. secondary move. The secondary move wasn't going to matter as much as getting Seth Curry back in this deal. Like that was the most important piece, and you that, accomplished that. If that was the waiting part, yes, like you yes. had to you had to wait for that to know. And so my guess is it's something like that because at that point rushing to you know ship off, and who even knows if there's a market for these guys. 
Aldridge, Blake. There's probably not really. And so, like, these are the guys. And, and you know, Joe Harris's contract or something like that. Um, there's all just flaws with those pieces. And I agree with you that it feels like there was, like, a, a, like a half of and You can't do a half a move. But, like, something like that. This, like, one little other secondary move to make something happen. It's hard to fault what it was because I agree with you that they probably just had to wait and see who blinked first on Curry or not. And because that feels like the guy that was the guy that was talked about the whole time. That was mm-hmm. it. Like, that's what they were waiting on. It was going to be like this. It, that was, that was just the whole way it was constructed. And so you just miss out. And now they have like a little bit of a lopsided roster at the very, very back end. Like when everyone's right. healthy. So anyway, the, the Oh, can I say piece, one more thing about Simmons? Can I say one please, more thing about Simmons? Um, please, please. One thing that I am excited to see hopefully happen with the Simmons. And I'm, this is something we're going to be talking about in, in recent, recent, in upcoming weeks as we Three see him shooting? get into, well, just shooting, frankly, I was going to yeah. say shooting. Yeah. Um, like, because we have, this is going to be his first time with a du- different development team than he's had in the Sixers. Whatever's happened there or not happened. It's like, whatever's happened or not happened. It just hasn't happened with him in terms of shooting. <laughs> right. And, it will be interesting to see what happens with a guy like Kevin Durant, with a guy like Kyrie, with a coach on the bench like Kyle Korver that they know is in mm-hmm. the development um, uh, platform for them. Just a guy like Nash who has you know worked in development at times with other teams and has been you know kind of quoted as saying people have said that he's worked with people specifically on stuff like this. I will. This will be something that'll be interesting to see because like if you think about Ben Simmons now, Ben Simmons is a net for a long unless something else goes wrong. Ben Simmons is a long, net for a long time now. Like he's yeah. already signed the he's already signed the contract, and you know you know where we were wondering on where you know James Harden would land on signing the extension or like you know opting in for next year. Ben Simmons is signed through twenty four twenty five. He's on Kevin Durant's timetable now. Like Kevin Durant is signed through the same exact sort of or right in the same range of uh of, of contract extension piece. Like if things work out. And, you know, famous last words, because we just saw what happened with James Harden. Like, <laughs> if things work out, Kevin Durant is here one year past where, where Ben Simmons is. And so yeah. now there has to be sort of a nurturing around his game and the, and the skills around his game and the things that he just has to get better at to really reach full potential. And you can't imagine, knock on all the wood in the world here, you can't imagine a better group to work on this thing. This thing mm-hmm. that is his core deficiency. He cannot shoot. He cannot shoot. It's documented. We know it. We've seen the videos. He might even be shooting with the wrong hand. Like, but if there's You're a group there. that can work on it, you would think at minimum the Nets have the infrastructure to work on this piece to make him better. Because if he can get even marginally better at that part of his game, he's a superstar. Right now, he's like a really exciting guy. If he can work, if, if they can improve that piece, they they really really have something probably beyond even what the contract is. I I, I 100% agree with you. We're gonna run just slightly long here. There's gonna be there's so much more to break down. There's other sure. facets of, of of how these rotations can work with Ben Simmons that I want to get into. Or it's exciting for a lot of different guys on the roster. But I just I want to tie a bow on the entire on the entire circumstance with James Harden. Referencing the there was a comment. Obviously the NBA All Star game uh, the selection went on. But just Kevin Durant when asked about it, the playoffs are right around the corner, and we've got uh, we've got uh, to fast track and get used to each other. I think everybody got what they wanted. Referring to the circumstance, the trade, etc. Here's the only thing I'm going to point to around any any thoughts that Kevin Durant's going to come in the door here and talk with Harden. They're all going to try to convince you know Harden to stick around and be a part of this. The thing that resonated in my mind was you go back to last year. 
Kyrie Irving goes down. James Harden goes down as well. Kevin Durant gives you a Herculean effort to try to pull that team through the playoffs and get them to a championship. It doesn't work out. They lose. They come back the next year. The idea that James Harden was going to be malcontent around having to do a, quote, big lift because Kyrie wasn't around for whatever reason. You lost Harris, and then even KD goes down. KD, by the way, playing 45 minutes a game when he was available this entire season. I think that that piece from a basketball, we talked about an apex predator mentality, did not sit remotely well with Kevin Durant. And if you're going to start to bemoan in that direction, it's going to be really hard, I I think, for Kevin Durant specifically to look at you and say, I'm going to convince you to stick around for this. It was probably a lot easier for him to say, this isn't that big of a deal for me. Understanding what it's costing in the short term, I'm actually all right because this guy is not necessarily on the same wavelength as me in my mentality around basketball and winning basketball. Yeah, I don't know how many more times we need to say it. Like these guys aren't friends the way you're friends with your buddies from college and high school. Like it's Doug's just, my friend. I, I, I uh, yeah, like we're friends. Like it, wait, yeah, you you would think that, right? Like whatever, think what you want. But the <laughs> oh no, the but like I don't like all the everyone wants to equate their personal relationships with these guys who are like singular entities that are just they, their whole life is for the most part these these sports right and they operate within the sport differently and mm-hmm. people want to see them playing on the basketball court and like you know think that it's like their pickup game that they play with their buddies it's just not like these guys are all individuals they have their own crews they they have their own cycles they play with different teams they meet up at times i'm sure they hang out but like the part where they're just like t- like they're going to do things cuz they're friends with each other that's just not how it works like they don't you don't get to this level you don't get to this level by just hanging with your pals and hoping it works out. You get to this level by looking at situations that are going to be helpful to you and like leaning into them or not. And so and now and then when you get into that situation, like what probably what happened here is then you really find out if those guys have the same level of buy-in as you do or not. Yep. And there's going to be some that just have more than others. We've seen different guys built differently around this stuff. LeBron's built differently around this. Kevin Durant is built differently. You know, some of them are more congenial than others. Like it's just, and really you only find out whether it works like in the work ethic and like the championship with caliber stuff and like what happens on the court, the part where they're boys and they're just going to work stuff out. Like just stop comparing it to how you are with your friends. It's just not the case. And which is just example. 1 million of that was the situation right here, which is like, like it just, they got together. Like you said, the, it just wasn't lining up in ter- especially now when the going, it's it's very easy when you win. When you yeah. win and you're together, it that all actually the other stuff doesn't really matter. When the going gets tough is when you start to figure out who's really cares about this stuff at the same level. And these guys, it does not appear cared about that at the same level when yeah. the things were hard. And I think that's why more than anything why we ended up in this place. Ultimately, do you consider this to be a win for the Brooklyn Nets? In the sense in the, that in the, we, in the scheme of understanding what it was supposed to be and where it was, but given the circumstance, did the Nets win accomplishing what they did here? I think they did as good as they could do considering the circumstances. I think that when James Harden walks in the door and you see how good this is in practice, not even on paper, it's a loss because what we saw even in a brief time was like historic level championship, maybe not close offense and like that you know you had that. It now now once we know that that doesn't seem to be working, the timelines are screwed up and all there's other other pieces of circumstance that comes in knowing all that, then I I would have said if Harden walked back in the door 
I would have felt like the Nets lost probably based on all the other stuff that was going on. So I have to say that it's a win from that standpoint, and we'll see, right? Like Time will tell. Ben Simmons, the spotlight falls upon you, my friend. <laughs> Let's get out of here. The next step is getting these guys on the court together. It should be fun. Yep. Okay, we're going to get out of here. Hey, look, by the time you hear this, we're going to probably be at 1,000 YouTube subscribers. So go and check that out. Go and check out also, we did a two-hour-long YouTube live deadline show. You can see where Adam and I react in the moment to the trade because we're already recording. We're already 30 minutes into recording-ish, and the trade goes down. So you can see our in-the-moment reactions. Go over there. Had a ton of great comments. People, Keith McPherson from WFAN. Was over there, Lucas Kaplan from Nets Daily, Nets Kingdom, who from all the great Twitter spaces was over there. Uh, tons of great conversation. Like I said, it's a two-hour live thing, reacted to everything in the moment. So this episode and that one and all the other ones are going to be up on YouTube. So go <laughs> check them out. I'm going to put the link to the YouTube channel over in the show notes. Hey, man, don't ask yourself what the world needs. Ask yourself what makes you come alive and then go do that because what the world needs are people who are alive. Howard Thurman. Oh, one of the all-time great poets. We will be back again tomorrow, or now nah, Monday, talking <laughs> Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons, and the rest of Brooklyn Nets basketball.